Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Looking uh, looking forward to sharing God's Word with you today. And uh, as you would have noticed uh, on the the announcements, we're starting a new series today uh, on what's called the Songs of Ascent. So basically, Psalms 120 to 134, 15 Psalms, all at the start of them, you'll notice they say a song of ascent or a song of ascents. And basically, these were songs sung by the Israelites on the way to Jerusalem three times a year when they went there for the quarterly feasts. So basically, three times a year, from whatever township or village they were in, they would congregate and they would come to Jerusalem in order to um, get together for these feasts. And for the equivalent, really, for us, uh, is kind of like a camp uh, or a conference. So, as a side note, it's really interesting that God has kind of created us for our spirituality to th- a couple of times a year, aside from just church on Sunday and aside from just having connect groups, that there's a time, uh, three, a few times every year, God wants us to get together for an extra time. And so we have that a uh, number of times throughout the year. We've actually got a men's summit coming up in June. I'll let you know more about that, uh, which will be great. And uh, Flourish Women's Conference will be on in October. Uh, and there'll be, apparently, there's a band called the Spice Boys that might be there and, and that sort of thing. And so, uh, so yeah, so it's going to be awesome and uh, that sort of thing. So really looking forward to it. Uh, also, too, we're not really sure why the aircon isn't working right now. Uh, so I'm Tongan, so I don't mind if you do the Tongan church thing and do this uh, and that sort of thing. So I'll preach kind of pretty short and then afterwards uh, we can go out. There's actually fans out there that work in the forecourt uh, and so we'll go out there afterwards. So Song of Ascents were the songs that were sung by the Israelites on the way up and it was called Ascent because they'd have to walk up some hills to get to Jerusalem for these particular feasts. And so that's why they're called Songs of Ascent. And so we really feel that uh, and really felt this year that the theme for our church this year was On the Rise. And so I really felt to keep that front of mind uh, by doing this series. So these are a bunch of hymns or, or psalms that were sung every time they journeyed or pilgrimaged to Jerusalem. That was my iPad that just talked to me there, Siri. Um, they're always listening to you. Anyway, um, yeah, okay, praise God. That freaked me out. Um, get out! Fuena! Oh, anyway, so... Uh, uh, so, yeah, so, uh, so they would sing these on the way up. So, interestingly enough, these were kind of things that they would sing every time. It's a little bit like us at Christmas time. Uh, we'll often bring out the carols uh, that remind us of the, uh, of the things that God has done for us. In the same way, here are all the Israelites all congregating and they're singing on the way up to Jerusalem. It doesn't matter how the previous four months have been. It doesn't matter how low they had travelled. There would come a time every few months where they would rise again and go together to Jerusalem and they would sing these songs. They're songs reminding them of God's goodness. They're songs reminding them of how good God is. And so that's our series that we're doing right now. And today uh, I want to do Psalm 121. And so we're not necessarily doing these psalms in order, but I am doing... uh, uh, So they'll be all over the place. But today I want to start with Psalm 121. And it says this. It says, a song of ascents. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. 
The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So here in this psalm, think about it. They're singing, this is one of the psalms that they're singing on the way up to Jerusalem. And they say this, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? What that tells me is this. There's a number of times where we have to take our eyes off our problems and we need to put them up on the Lord. There's a number of times when we have to ignore what's going on around us and lift our eyes to him. You might be surrounded by trouble. You might be surrounded by problems. But there comes a time when we take our eyes off those problems and those troubles and we lift up our eyes and we put them upon the Lord. And so today I want to talk to you from this psalm about three things you can seek God for. He says, I will lift up my eyes. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And there's a number of things the Lord will do for us as we lift up our eyes and seek him. So I want to talk to you today from this passage of scripture about three times, three things you can seek God for. The first thing we can seek God for is direction. Direction. Psalm 121 verses 1 to 3. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He will not allow your foot to be moved. When it, often through scripture, when it talks about feet, it talks about movement. It talks about direction. And so the first thing we can see God for is direction. You know, notice this. God hasn't called us to just sit around in our life. God has called us to move. The Bible tells us in Psalms that all of us have our hearts set on pilgrimage. We all have a desire to move forward and to advance. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37 verse 23, the steps of a good more of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God has got a plan and purpose for every single one of our lives. He has a future, a destiny and a hope for every single one of us. And so what that means is this, he called us, he has called us to move forward. He has called us to advance. I firmly believe that we, if we are still here on this planet, God has called us to continually advance and move forward. I do not believe God has called us to sit in a corner in a holy huddle singing Kumbaya waiting for Jesus to return. I believe that God has called us to advance and to move forward. He has plans and purposes for our life. And one of the things that we need to do as Christians is that there are, t there are times when we need to seek God's direction because it's not always clear, and we don't always know what to do. So what should we do when we don't know what to do? What should we do when we need to know God's direction? Well, it tells us here, I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the, uh, comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So that's one of the ways that God directs us. It's through his word. It's, a, it's from when we spend time in his word. There's two ways that that actually works. The first, word, the first way is when God is addressing an issue uh, that gives us clear direction from his word. I remember one time uh, many years ago, I was a youth pastor, not as mature as I am now. And, uh, and we had a young man in our youth group who was um, really acting in somewhat of a predatory way uh, towards uh, some of the young ladies. And so... Uh, and, and I sat him down and I talked to him and then uh, he was quite defiant. Uh, and, uh, and I said, listen, mate, 
uh, you're not allowed, you know, you know, the girls here are not for you to just go around dating all of them and that sort of thing. And, and so as I was doing that, he looked at me, he said to me, I don't care what you say, Pastor Ben. Now, this was many years ago. I'm a much more calm person right now. And I said to him at the time, and I, I, I shudder to say this, but because um, I know you would not imagine me doing this, but um, well, I kind of threatened him. And I said, listen here, mate. I said, if I see you one more time, I'm going to, I can't tell you exactly what I said, but it had something to do with cutting things. So I just said, I said, listen here, right? And then afterwards, the next day I was reading my Bible, and in Ephesians, it says spiritual leaders should not threaten people. (laughs) His word was a lamp to my face. I felt convicted. So I rang him up. And I said, listen, mate, I'm just ringing you up. Uh, I'm ringing up to apologise. I should not have threatened you like I did. And, um, and he goes, yeah, Pastor Ben, look, to be honest, I was really disappointed in you. <laughs> I said, let's just leave that right there. <laughs> and that sort of thing. But isn't it amazing how we spend time in God's Word and He adjusts us? If you can't hear from God, have you spent time in His Word? His word will direct us and show us the way to go. Not only that, God gives us what we call rema words from his word. That means words that light up and give us clear direction. Now, you're never sure when that's going to happen. But you you know for sure it's not going to happen if you don't spend any time in his word. And in the same way, his word will give us direction. That's not the only way he gives us direction. It tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So watch this. Acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. I don't know what to do. What should I do? Lift up my eyes. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. But notice this. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. So what that means is there are times where God starts stirring up things in your heart in order to get you to move in a particular direction. So sometimes you need to listen to your heart. Sometimes what he's actually saying is in the form of a desire that comes into your heart. Uh, The Bible tells us in Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What that means is he puts them in there. And those are the things he wants to see come to pass. Now, obviously we need a little bit of balance to all of this. Um, you know, we can't just say whatever you feel automatically is what God wants. So the scripture tells us that there are things such as sinful desires. And if we have a desire that contravenes God's word, then that's not really a desire from God. Uh, it's not like you can say, you know, I've just been so upset with the banks and how they've been charging, overcharging people their rates and their fees. And so I just feel really grieved in my spirit. So I've decided that God has called me to rob a bank. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's naughty. However, God can't put desires. That's what happens when you see someone someone getting a burden or a passion for something. And they get all upset at everyone else because no one else is passionate about it like they are. But what it is, is God is stirring them up in order to do something about it. God will direct our path. Notice this. He says, uh, he says there also uh, in verse 3, he will not allow your foot to be moved. 
So once you've put it there, you're not going backwards. Have you ever had it where you've had a decision to make? You've sought God about it. You feel like he's clearly directed the way you should go. And you've sought him. You've asked, Lord, if you don't want me to do this, stop this and all that sort of thing. And then you start going in that direction. And then all of a sudden, there's all these temptations to backtrack. I have found with almost every major decision in my life, there's always been a moment after making the decision that it's almost like the enemy comes in later to try and get you to backtrack. One of the things I've learned is this. If you've prayed about it, you've sought God about it, you've made the decision, you've planted your foot, that is not the time to actually backtrack. And so often the enemy will come in and stop you from pursuing the thing that God has for your life after you've already made the decision and progressed towards doing that. Classic example of this is when uh, when Jesus, uh, the night before Jesus went to the cross, he told his disciples that he was going to die on the cross. And, and, so, uh, and so Peter came up to him afterwards and said, listen here, Jesus, that is not happening to you. I'm not letting anybody uh, get you to suffer. And Jesus didn't say to him, oh, come on, Pete. I know you've got a good heart. Thanks for thinking out of me. Thanks for thinking, looking out for me. And he doesn't say, oh, Pete, Oh, now that you put it that way, maybe I didn't hear from God. No, no, no. He looked at Pete and said, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because he knew this thing's happening. It's often at that point the enemy comes in to try and stop it. And in the same way, I don't know who I'm talking to today, you've made a firm quality decision, you've thought through, you've done your due diligence, you've taken a couple of steps, and then all of a sudden a couple of things have flared up to make you think, oh, maybe I should backtrack. No, 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 he won't let your foot be moved. When it comes to direction, we can seek the Lord about it. The, third, the second thing that we can seek God for is provision. Provision. Psalm 112, verses 5 to 6. It says, the Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Notice this, God gives you provision when you need it. Now it's in his nature to provide. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and provides. So what that means is that he sees our needs and is well able and willing to provide for it. That's actually in his nature. But here... Uh, but also one of the things I found is this, that so often God's provision often comes just when you need it. Have you ever noticed that it doesn't always come real early? Have you ever noticed that the provision doesn't always come like six months in advance? That sometimes it comes right up until the last second before God's provision actually comes? I've had that happen so many times in my life. I used to experience that a lot actually when I was at Bible college. So when I was at Bible college, I didn't have any spare money. Just had enough money to do the college and to live on site there at the Bible college and did not have a spare cent. Didn't have enough money uh, to go to the Coke machine and to buy a Coke. Uh, didn't even have enough money to do my laundry. So those were in the days, where, um, so in those days we used to, you know, pay for the laundry. I think it was $1.40 uh, to do a load of washing and then it was like another dollar uh, to actually do the drying. And so, uh, and so I was, and so for me, that was kind of like my fleece or, you know, my test for the Lord, I guess, that if, you know, if God was still wanting me there, he was going to provide, provide. And I said to him, and I've, I think I've told you this story before, I said to him, Lord, you know, I'm here, and, um, but I'll know that you're redirecting me if I ever have to rewear 
a pair of underwear. I said, that would be, you know, if that happens, or if I have to do a hand wash. I said, that is the sign that, that I'm out. And I know some people think, you know, well, you can wear it four times, you know, inside out, back to front, that sort of thing. But, um, but actually, I said, no, no, I'm just going to, you know, that was my sign. And the amount of times I'd be down in my last pair of underwear and for whatever reason had some money come through to be able to go pay for my laundry. Uh, I remember one particular time, uh, I was going to pay for my laundry. Uh, sorry, I was going to do the laundry. I was down my last pair of underwear. I thought, this is it. I've got to do a hand wash. I can't wait any longer. Uh, I was carrying my laundry, you know, all my clothes, dirty clothes down to the laundry and uh, had a mate of mine actually meet me on the way. I passed him on the way down there. He's now a pastor at King of Roy. His name's Tony. And, and as I was going down there, he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm going to go do a hand wash. Uh, and now this was obviously back in the days before political correctness or anything like this is what he said, this is not what I believe, um, but this is what he said, uh, and he said, oh, that's woman's work, and I said, okay, he says, that's pathetic, uh, and so he gave me five bucks, and I was like, oh, praise God, and so, and so, uh, you know, I remember another time, down my last pair of underwear, I was out shopping with a mate, and he didn't know I was down my last pair of underwear, uh, and that day I was scheduled to go down to Melbourne and visit my mum and dad and that ticket had been booked months before and so I go down to the shops with a mate of mine and he's out shopping and I'm sitting there thinking, well, he can shop, he doesn't know, I don't have a cent to my name. Uh, and he said to me, he goes, and, and then he went over to the ATM and he got out some cash. And, remember that, cash? Remember that? Uh, he went out, grabbed some cash, he walked up to me, shook my hand and on the inside was some notes and you've heard of the phrase cold hard cash. Uh, well, it wasn't this day. Today it was warm and soft and lovely. You know what I'm saying? And so I looked at it, it had 40 bucks. I said, praise the Lord. So I went over to the Kmart, which is right there, bought a pack of seven Rios. Uh, and, then, and then that afternoon, hopped on the plane. My mum picked me up at the airport. I hop in the car. She reaches over the back, picks up another pack of three. She said, I thought you might need this. So I, had a, I went from having nothing to press down, shaking together and running over. You know what I'm saying? God is a provider, even sometimes at the last minute. It's in his nature to provide. It's how, he, it's how he rolls. And so in the same way, if you can't see where your provision is coming from, if you don't know where, what's happening, lift up your eyes to the Lord because he will provide. I love it how it says in verse 5, it says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord's your shade at your right hand. You know, I think it was just at the end of last month, the government incentive called JobKeeper finished up. A lot of people would be thinking, oh, where's my provision going to come from now? This source of provision that was going to come is now drying up. JobKeeper is finishing. But I'm here to let you know, if you're a believer, JobKeeper is not your source. Forget about JobKeeper, man. The Lord's your keeper. And he will actually take care of you. And just because you might have had a source of provision you were banking on dries up, I'm here to let you know if you can't see where it's coming from, do what it says in Psalm 121 verse 1. I lift up my eyes. Where does my help come from? It's not coming from the government. It's not coming from this industry. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And the third thing is this. It says in verses 7 and 8, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. The third thing that you can believe God for is protection. Protection. He will actually protect us. He will preserve you from all evil. God is a protector. You know, if you look through Scripture, 
so many times how it talks about the Lord is our shield, the Lord is our protector. It's not just a one-off thing. Psalm 91 says we're hidden under the shadow of his wings. Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter, five, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, talks about the armour of God and how the armour of God is armour all for our front and there's nothing on our back. But that's because the Lord's got our back and he'll actually take care of us. And you can actually believe for God's protection. You know, you can even believe for God's, you can even experience God's protection even when you didn't realise you needed it. Have you ever had a time when you realise, oh man, thank God he did this or did that. I didn't even know that that was going to happen. That's how much he keeps an eye out for us. He's our protector. Uh, many years ago when, my, uh, when Trish was pregnant with our second son uh, and uh, it was about five, four or five weeks until she was due and I was out playing tennis with a friend of mine and, and while playing tennis I heard my phone ringing. It was ringing quite a lot but I was in the middle of this match and so uh, I didn't answer it and that sort of thing and, and we're playing at the apartments where he, where he lived and so all of a sudden his wife runs up, runs up to us she says, Ben, Ben, you've got to go. Trish has been taken to the hospital. And I said, right. So I, I screamed over to the hospital and got there. And when I got there, uh, she was just being taken in. Uh, and, uh, and so what had happened was that she had been out. Uh, she was at home and she had a thing called an abruption. Uh, and so that's when the placenta pulls away uh, from the wall. And so and there was a lot of, obviously, a lot of blood and that sort of thing. And so, uh, and so she tried ringing me. That was Trish trying to ring me. Uh, and I was playing tennis, praise God. Uh, and one day she'll forgive me. So I was playing tennis. Uh, and then she put the phone down. It's going to ring the hospital. As soon as she put the phone down, our phone rang. And it was, it was no one awful. I was ringing up about something. And uh, Trish said, no, could you come over here, please? Come get me, take me to the hospital. So Nora and Michelle um, came over. Uh, they grabbed Trish, took her straight to the hospital. I met them at the hospital. I was not aware of the severity of it. When we got there, uh, they, they, they were taking the um, baby's pulse and, and uh, it was, seemed okay. And so I ducked out for a second, come back. Whilst I'd gone out, his pulse went like this. They were taking her into for surgery um, to have the baby. Uh, as I walked in, I said, hey, hey, can I come in? thinking I wanted to be in there and not knowing that it was going to be a general anaesthetic, I wasn't allowed in there. So they obviously didn't want a confrontation with the dad. So they said, oh, oh uh, just put on these scrubs. So I put on these scrubs and they said, sit here. So I went and sat in a room <laughs> uh, without realising they were just pushing me to the side. Uh, and then afterwards, within half an hour, a uh, doctor comes in and says, congratulations, you got a son. And I was like, oh, awesome. And then I thought, I felt so guilty. I was like, I wasn't there. I was playing tennis and, and then Trish, uh, her life was in jeopardy there for a day or so um, and so she never got to see uh, the baby for a couple of days and, and I was with him a lot of the time in the nursery and that sort of thing and I was feeling very guilty and then the doctor came in on the second day and he looked at me and said, what are you calling him? I said, I'm going to call him Joshua and he said, well, you should call him Lucky. I said, why is that? And he said, because he was a couple, of minutes, a couple of minutes away from dying. He said, anything could have, he said, if you went to the wrong hospital, he said, if you got caught up at traffic lights, he said, even if you had gone back and gotten them, it would have all been too late. And it was right at that moment I realised God had my back. I didn't even realise it. He's our protector. 
And in the same way, that's why we don't have to live a life in complete self-protection, forever watching our own back. You know, no one else has got your back. Well, I'm here to tell you the Lord's got your back. And he'll actually take care of you. You know, in uh, uh, American Indians, uh, one of the things they would do is kind of like a rite of passage. Uh, with, their, with, their, with their sons, they would train them up in how to use, you know, the bow and arrow and the tools and that sort of thing and teach them how to survive by themselves. And, and at the age of 13, they blindfold the son and they would uh, they'd blindfold a, bo- uh, a 13-year-old boy and they'd take him out into the wilderness and then at night take the blindfold off. And his job was to stay there overnight in the wild. It's pitch black. Uh, he'd be, you know, very nervous. Any kind of movement would have been incredibly scary. And it was his job to stay there and survive overnight. The next morning as the sun would come up, he would notice that the scenery around him, and then he would often notice not that far away a figure, someone who'd been standing there all night. And that was his dad bow and arrow in hand, ready to make sure to take care of things just in case something got out of hand. I'm here to let you know, I don't know who I'm talking to today, your heavenly father's there watching you and he's got your back and he'll take care of it. And you may not be able to see, where does my help come from? I want to declare and prophesy over you today. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and he will not allow evil to take a hold of you. He is our protector, amen? And so maybe you're in this place and you're saying, Ben, that's what I need. I need God's direction. I'm confused. What should I do? Lift up your eyes. I need provision. I don't know where it's going to come from. What should I do? Lift up your eyes. I'm surrounded by enemies. What should I do? Lift up your eyes. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. And maybe you're here today and you're, one, or th- one or more of those things applies to you. It's really interesting when you look through Scripture how often these themes come through. It's not just a one-off, random, kind of obscure um, a principle. All through the Scripture, God's desire to direct and guide us, to provide for us and to protect us is all through, front and back, all the way through the Scripture. And then there are times when we can't see where it's coming from. It's in those times when we need to lift your eyes. It doesn't matter if you've been suffering the previous four months. It's time to lift your eyes. It doesn't matter from where you started or where you came from. There's always a time when we're supposed to lift our eyes. And maybe today that's for you, that you need to lift your eyes. So can I just invite everyone to just close your eyes and bow their heads for a moment. And maybe you're here and you're saying, Ben, that's me. I need... God's direction right now. I need him to direct me. I need to lift my eyes today. If that is you right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me. I need God's direction. Awesome. Secondly, maybe it's provision. You're saying, I need, Lord God, I need you to provide me today, provide for me. If that is you right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me. I'm seeking God's provision. And thirdly, maybe it's protection. You feel like you're under a spiritual attack. If that is you right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me. I need the protection of God. Awesome. If you put your hand up for one or more of those things, there was many of you. Right now, I just want you to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet right now. There's heaps of you. You're not going to be by yourself. It's okay. 
Lift your hands to heaven. I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these people standing. And today, Lord, we lift up our eyes. We seek you, Lord, for your direction. For those needing direction, Lord, I ask and pray that you would direct them and guide them in the decisions that they currently have. I pray for those, Lord God, who need your provision. And I thank you, Lord God, you're our provider. You see and provide. And I ask and pray for the provision of God to be released. And thirdly, Lord, I pray for your protection. For those that feel like they've got enemies surrounding them, I thank you, Lord, that greater is he within them, greater is you within them than he that is in the world. And I thank you and praise you for that. And I declare that they will turn around and see that you had your hand upon them the whole time. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand to your feet? In just a moment, we're going to sing uh, Highlands. Oh, thank you, Grant. And uh, it's called A Song of Ascent. And we might do it from the top, guys, if we could. Um, and then afterwards, we're going to let... Oh, the aircon's working now. Afterwards, we're going to let you out and uh, hang around out in the forecourt there. Have a good time. And I believe that today, with the establishment of this forecourt, it's a significant moment in the life of our church. Uh, if I can be so frank, uh, when we first came, we, we knew there was a couple of things that had been started that had been unfinished. And one of those things was actually the forecourt. Might have noticed there was all these like, kind of like holes that were covered up around. And the project had begun at some point. Many of you would know when, know better than I do. But it had been left undone. And so we just felt that at some point, uh, that job needed to be completed. And, and I want to say a big thank you uh, to, uh, to the school board uh, and to our elders, uh, to people like Peter Murphy for helping make this project possible. It's absolutely incredible. So I want to thank you so much. And uh, let's give all them a round of applause. Dave Walters up here, I know. And Graham Thompson was in here. And Bill Laver, Chris Gregory. And, and so now, um, and so today, we're opening it. Now, I do realise that in some parts of the world, people will stand out in the sun for eight hours to get the Word of God. I get all that. But for me, for us, it's more than that. It's like we've finished something that was started. And I felt God say to me that this was the last strand of unfinished business. That it might not seem like much. It's just a nice place for people to play and the community to play. But for us as a church... And I want to declare and prophesy over you today. It's the last piece of unfinished business and that we will be continually onwards and upwards and on the rise from this day forward. So it's, it's more than practical. It's a spiritual moment for the life of our church, which is awesome. And we're going to declare that we're on the rise. But before we do, just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you and thank you for your people. And I declare over everyone that this year will be on the rise. And I ask and pray, Father, that you would just help us, Lord, as we seek you. In those moments when we do have to navigate a valley, that we seek you, that you help us to come through the other side. For those that are facing significant, imminent challenges right now, I pray help them to take their eyes off the challenge and to lift up their eyes. Because where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord 
the maker of heaven and earth. He's an awesome God. Let's worship him today. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.